I can go first now if you want. I'm finished eating. <laughs> no, you're not. I can, I can hear the bun stuck to the roof of your mouth. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a look at what's going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dyser, and this week I'm joined by fellow Baffle Gabbers, Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Ian Whittington. I wish Wendy's didn't feel the need to cut their burger square. We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Uh, well, I guess we got to talk about that for half an hour now. Um, <laughs> there was no time in the outtakes, and it just really, really bugs me. What is it? A, is it an aesthetic thing or taste thing? Like what's? I don't. Like, know, it's yeah. It's it's kind. Of, I just don't like it being square. It just why. It, it does put me off a little bit. I really like the Wend Wendy's Baconator burger, but the fact mm -hmm. that it's square, I, I don't know which angle oh. to come at it from. But yeah, but I <laughs> you would hate having Janae. a burger at our house. Yeah, <laughs> I, square I burgers. Well, no, my daughter man. really liked the square patty, so we've been doing that for like six years. When I get the beef out, I make it square. I oh, love right. square no, patties. I like that. Number Why? one, they match the square cheese. Uh, number two, <laughs> but they don't match the circular bun. Correct, which is a positive because then you get to decide the like the ratio. You have certain bites you can decide the ratio of mm -hmm. bread to meat, and those corner bites are some of my favorite bites. Um, mm. So yeah, yeah, I like that. Very, it's very confusing to me. But I derailed Danae in exactly the same way. <laughs> she had no idea. Like we were just driving along, she had no idea that I'd seen an advert for Wendy's. And just non sequitur out of the blue, uh -huh. just said, I wish they weren't square. And she's like, Aah! what? <laughs> Pulled over to the side of the road. Yep. We must settle this now. <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, Ian, we don't have half an hour to talk about that. We've got a lot of work to do yeah. on this episode. Speaking of settling things. <laughs> That's right. We have the most matchups we will do in a single episode today. We decided to get the entirety of the third round done. Now, this means a couple of things. And by the way, if you're just tuning in to Behind the Sins for the first time, uh, <laughs> we're in the... We're in the midst of a tournament right now. <laughs> We're in the midst of a tournament right now where we are deciding the most sinful, quote unquote, movie that we sinned in 2022. Uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. We are in the third round. Uh, there's only one more episode in this tournament left. We will go the rest of the way next week. Um, but this means a couple of things that we're in the third round. Uh, number one, we've talked about every single one of these movies before. Uh, there are no more new movies to introduce. There, are, Nobody got a buy to the third round. These are all movies that have shown their lack of worth uh, to get here uh, in one way or another. So because of that, we won't be doing as much talking about the individual movies as we will just be debating mm. who should move on. Um, so that will include some conversation about the actual movies, but this really will be from here on out just voting episodes where we each give our vote and our reasons for doing so. The other thing it means for the rest of the way, uh, apologies to our amazing audience there will be matchups that you won't be able to vote on before we decide them the final mm. uh matchups of round two as we're recording this had that episode hasn't been released so we can't put them on the site we don't want to spoil them for people uh so you will not have an audience vote on those and then in the next round uh, you will not have a uh, there will not be able to be an audience vote I mean you can you can go to the site now and vote on stuff 
but it'll be stuff we've already talked about. Um, so because of that, this week and next week, we will have an odd number of people on the show to make sure that we have uh, a winner mm. and don't end up having a tie. Uh, this week, that'll be Jonathan, Ian, and myself. Next week, the plan is, and I think everybody's on board, the whole team going to finish it off together and really uh, decide yeah. this thing. So we're excited to get through to all of that. If you do want to see all of the matchups from the very beginning, all of the voting results from the very beginning all of that still is at challenge.com slash 2022 sin battle uh you can check out all of that there but let's get into it guys uh we have several matchups to get through and these are the most sinful of the most sinful to make it to this round three uh just one i guess i could do just one more kind of like stat thing um the lowest seed the biggest underdog to make mm. it to round three is the Black Phone, the 98 seed. Only nine movies had uh, less sins wow. than the Black Phone did of the movies we sent last year, and it is in the third round. Uh, the highest seed is the number one seed, uh, still in it, and that's where we'll start. Battle stations, fight, 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 fight. Time for the one-on-ones. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Being round three. The number one seed, Vampire's Kiss, going up against Thor, Love, and Thunder. Uh, this is the first matchup. What is the more sinful movie? Uh, Jonathan, you wrote on both of these, so start us off with some discussion and uh, let us know what your vote is at the end of your uh, discussion. Uh, I think first off, this should have been Vampire's Kiss versus Halloween Kills, but I decided to do a coin flip. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Thank agree. You. I Thank agree. You. I'm glad we Look, cleared that. What uh, <laughs> if you picked Thor, Love, and Thunder, though? Because it wouldn't have... Oh, no. That was wasn't the me. Kills. Halloween Kills would have been my competitor for the final it battle. Was, like, that movie is terrible, in my opinion. Uh, so simple. It is. But well, I mean, but it's not... But it's not necessarily the most terrible because here in this situation, Thor Love and Thunder is actually a much worse movie than Vampire's Kiss, which is hilarious. If you watch Vampire's Kiss before you watch mm -hmm. Thor Love and Thunder, yeah. you'll be like, there's no fucking way. Vampire's Kiss is like, I don't really buy into the so bad it's good. I don't, I, I mean, just, you know, just say you fucking like something. But uh -huh. if I was going to say something was like that, Vampire's Kiss would definitely be in that category. Um, it's got plenty of sins. Nicolas Cage's accent, which I love that he still has in Renfield. So awesome. <laughs> um, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just the the confusing nature of the story. It's not edited very well. Probably some of the, like, the most, like, just dirty, nasty, like, harassment in an office I've ever seen oh, in a movie. Oh, my goodness. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's super uncomfortable. But, like, and but like it's a better movie than Thor Love and Thunder. But am I voting now too? Right? Yes, you're voting. Yeah, we're, okay. we're doing, going straight yeah, to the votes. So I'm I'm going to go Vampire's Kiss because Thor Love and Thunder right. is a worse movie. But I think Vampire's Kiss is way more sinful, which makes sense. It's the number one seed. And uh, there you go. That's my vote. Uh, I wrote on Thor Love and Thunder, so I will go next. Yeah. Uh, and that is the, the modus operandi we will go with from here on forward is whoever's written on uh, these will go first um, uh, with hopefully the more educated quote-unquote opinion. Uh, Hold on. I, I vibe with what you're saying. I will say... I think this is the first time we've had a vampire's kiss conversation when I've seen the movie because I have seen the movie oh, yeah. since the, the yeah. last time we talked mm -hmm. about this. I don't understand the so bad it's good thing with vampire's kiss 
Vampire's Kiss is so good, it's good. I, I genuinely think this is a good film. I don't like awesome. it. Is, awesome. Everything it does is intentional, unless I'm completely misreading it. No, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I was I, just trying to, like, I don't like that philosophy. Like I said, no, I was no, I right. saying, that is the reputation I, of the movie. I yeah. guess this might be a movie, but I don't know. But like I said, I typically don't even say that. So, no, I, it's a genuinely. Yeah. It's a good film. No, it's it's no, worth and a I, lot. And I understand what people mean when they say that with other movies. Yeah. I don't understand what they mean when they say that <laughs> with this. I think it has to be the fact that Nicolas Cage's performance is so out, yeah. like big and out there. And I remember out of context, I would have believed this is a so mm. bad it's good movie. Like just seeing some of the scenes. But when you see all that stuff in context... I think it's a very purposeful acting choice, and I think it's the right acting choice. Like, what do we want from that character? You know, do yeah. we want them to be more nuanced, more believable? I don't know that we do, because I think then you lose the real, like, edge of, you know, this person losing their mind. There's a moment in Vampire's Kiss that I think was the, the big turning point for me was when he tried to kill himself and there were blanks in the gun that he didn't realize there were blanks in the gun. And so he really thought he was immortal. Like there's this, yeah. this, this idea of the universe has conspired against this man to, to play into his uh, delusions of grandeur. Right. Um, I don't know, man. Vampire's Kiss. Uh, I I was shocked by how much I was like, "Wait a second, this, this is really a good movie." I love um, yeah, that's not one I would have ever guessed you'd love. So that's, cool. <laughs> that's super. Well, cool. I mean, there's a different conversation to say whether I I, I liked it well, or liked loved it. it. Sorry, yeah. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I did. I did Wrong come away point. from it. Well, I did come away from it going. Um, but I don't think it's as sinful as we've made it out to be. And for that reason, uh, if no other, uh, Thor Love and Thunder is as sinful, if not more, than we've made it out to be. Uh, I think it is a, a more sinful movie. So I'm going with Thor Love and Thunder here. Uh, Ian, break the tie. Did we do um, Did we do Vampire's Kiss and Predator 2 in the same night? <laughs> I think we may have. Yeah. I think we may have done. <laughs> and I went into both movies with super low expectations. And it was an interesting lesson in bias because I'm always worried when my expectations are low, I've already decided that the movie is going to be terrible. I came out of Predator 2 there, really low. Uh -huh. Vampire's Kiss, I came out with you just on a high. We just kept looking at each other, just like, <laughs> this is good. This is fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so surprised. I, I completely agree with everything you said. Really deliberate performance um scarily scarily abusive but you're not supposed to be rooting for this guy no that's all on purpose um, yeah it's all it's all in service of the story and it's just yeah this man's descent into it has a falling down kind of vibe to it where it's just his further descent into his own neuroses and psychosis and just not getting the right help it's yeah it's a fascinating character study of a man going insane and thor love and thunder just exists yeah like high production <laughs> value um colorful it's just like a ton of sugar that doesn't make any sense and then you poop it out on the way home and you're just like i you just you look at the poop and you're like i didn't enjoy that that was in my body and i wish i hadn't put it there and i'm going to be careful about my my candy choices in the future um so are you with me aaron it's <laughs> all <laughs> love and thunder uh, Thor Love and Thunder will move on to the next round is the more sinful movie. The number one seed has been upset and defeated uh, by all it took was Thor Love and Thunder. The audience, by the way, agrees. 69. Nice. To 31%. Uh, so we will move on to the next one. Facing Th uh, Thor Love and Thunder in the next round is the winner? 
quote unquote, <laughs> of the never ending story versus bad mom's Christmas. Uh, the 49 seed versus the 81 seed. 120 cents for never ending story, 136 for bad mom's Christmas. Uh, I am the only one that wrote on either of these. So I will tell mm. you how I'm going to vote first. Uh, this to me is the case of the beloved classic that is. Uh, super, super sinful, which we've talked about in previous rounds, versus a mediocre movie that is just drawn down by its complete inability to have any kind of humanity in it. Uh, I, <laughs> I understand there. this may be closer than you might think at first glance just because the never-ending story does have a lot of sins. And an ending. And and it does have an ending. Listen, at this that it should win the whole tournament because of that. You yeah. can't you can't lie <laughs> in the title of your movie. If, if nothing else, Bad Moms Christmas is telling the truth about how bad yes. these moms are. Yes. <laughs> and that it is Christmas. And it's that Christmas. it is Christmas. Christmas time. Yeah. Uh but it is not a never ending story. Uh is it even a story? Uh you know, like who knows? Uh no, I'm gonna vote for Bad Moms Christmas. Um and a lot of that comes down to, and I think I said this in the last round, it's not not just that this has a weird view on mothers and daughters that I think paints uh, women in like all the easy stereotypical mm -hmm. ways that um, the, it's easy laughs and at what cost kind of thing. Um, yeah. It not only does that, but it also has all the other kinds of sins too. Uh, I've mentioned the half hour Sky Zone commercial, who knows how many times, uh, but just that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, Bad Mom's Christmas uh, is my vote. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you go next? Sure. Um, I still haven't seen Bad Mom's Christmas. I cannot fathom a time and place I would watch Bad Mom's Christmas, especially <laughs> since I did not get if it wasn't signed on to the <laughs> to the script. Um, I don't really care much for Never Ending Story. I don't know if I said that when we talked about it at Sun Week, but that, it's not because Chris was sitting right by me and I thought he might hit me or something. But um, because Chris is a a longtime fan of this, but uh, no, I'm not a huge Never Ending Story fan. I didn't even really like it as a kid, but. I can't imagine a world where Bad Mom's Christmas is not more sinful. So I'm voting <laughs> Bad Mom's Christmas. All right, Ian. Yeah, for me, it comes down to at least the never-ending story took a swing. Like, it's got some scenes where yeah, it's falls apart. But yeah. mm -hmm. never-ending yeah. story is unique. It's like it's in the same bucket as Labyrinth, where it's visually stunning. It's doing something really cool and just a, a weird little unique story bad mom's christmas is everything i dislike about these types of movies and it has all of those sins of wasted potential and just easy low-hanging testicles um so yeah <laughs> bad mom's christmas there are a lot of testicles in bad mom's christmas more than there should be jonathan <laughs> <laughs> Is is walking is a bow in this movie from Bo is afraid? Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I was so glad it's complete side note. I was so glad that was addressed a few scenes later where they're just like, Oh, we noticed that you have massive testicles. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes. We saw that. I'm always good. I'm always glad distended. that the word I'm always glad that the the word distended gets allowed distended. to be used in uh, the English language. Uh, yeah. it's uh, very important. This episode uh, will be distended. <laughs> uh Bad Mom's <laughs> Christmas. Uh, we'll move on to the next round. Audience agrees, 88% to 13%. Uh, next battle between Street Fighter. 101%. <laughs> 
is that possible? <laughs> it is. It's a fair question. I just read the stats as they come to me. Uh, he just so, reads the order from. Um, I assume it's uh, it's a uh, they rounded up or whatever. Yeah, that's just how bad Bab's bad mom's Christmas is. <laughs> they just gave it an extra percent that doesn't exist. Yes. Uh, Street Fighter. That's voting from SRA. She's not on this episode, but she's chucking right. it in. Uh, Street Fighter versus Eternals is next. By the <gasps> way, Street Fighter is the only Sin Club only uh, movie that we uh, sinned last year that made it to this round. So mm. uh, that is in the Sin Club. Street Fighter is the eight seed with 253 sins. Eternals is the 25 seed with 175 sins. And Ian, you wrote on both of these, so you get to start us off with the voting. So I'm baffled in two ways i don't know why street fighter has so many sins and why eternals has so few uh the eternals i think we just ended well, up i mean repeating. you had something to do with that you were <laughs> yeah, no, agreed agreed completely but when you you don't notice until you put them side by side so it I might know, be I ian script. ian uh -huh. it might be because the sin count is not an accurate reflection of no, how I, sinful a movie is really <laughs> i disagree i disagree um, so in, in Street Fighter, it should really, in all honesty, only be 153, 100, um, what's the overall title? 153. Because I dumped 100 sins for this. Um, the biggest wasted opportunity in this movie is not using the actual dialogue or catchphrases from the video games to kill off these matchups. Because they pair up a load of people that you would actually see in the uh -huh. game. And they all have an opening yeah. line. That I think they, that... I think that's a valid hundred sins right there. I, I, in hindsight, <laughs> it may have been too harsh because I Googled. So, because th this was in the outtakes was we actually did overlay those opening mm -hmm. um, bits of dialogue for the outtakes. Um, so yeah, okay, fair enough. But man, I just have S Street Fighter deliberately or otherwise is fun. Whether it was meant to be a more serious action movie and ended up in the camp camp eternals eternals just does exactly what it wanted to do and that doesn't feel good to me because it's 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 just long dull and boring and wasting my time and just again a missed opportunity where this could have been a six-part mini-series and don't worry that the inhumans tanked there's lots of reasons for that doesn't mean that the eternals would have tanked if you took it the same the same route um i I I can't believe I'm doing this, but the Eternals is gonna go is gonna is gonna be my vote. I'm not just deciding that All it right. goes through. The Eternals <laughs> is my vote. Uh I can believe either way on this, and I'll just go ahead and say yeah. now, uh this is a 50-50 split for the audience. Uh so and like that this, makes that makes total sense that's for different reasons. <laughs> At least that's a hundred percent, Jonathan says. Yeah. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh Ian uh votes for the Eternals. Um Jonathan, why don't you go next? Um so I mean, Street Fighter is Street Fighter is one of those weird movies. Like I, I have not seen it since it came out, but it was I hated it, and uh, um, it's one of those movies that I see people kind of coming around on now. Like I, and I'm sure what it is is it's kids from that era that are now adults are like, no, Street Fighter is actually good, and I do it's not agree not. with any of these people. <laughs> no, it's not. I can I can but maybe imagine people having fun with it. Yes, exactly. But, and I yeah, but uh, I don't know, man. I mean, Eternals is not good at all, but. I feel like Street Fighter has to be more sinful. So I'm going Street Fighter. All right. Street Fighter, uh, which means I'll break the tie here. Um, and this is not an easy one. It's um, really not. It really isn't because Street Fighter is one of those movies. Like if if 
it's one of those dictionary movies. Like if you look up, yeah. uh, you know, sinful movie in the dictionary, there's a picture of Street well, Fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's what I expected Vampire's <laughs> Kiss to be. I expected right. Vampire's Kiss right. to be that notoriously right. bad. Yeah, yeah. Ah, <sighs> but the thing about Eternals is, <laughs> it's so sinful and. There was so much effort put into it. Yes. Like, it's like, it's Chloe Zhao. Like, I mean, come on. Like, and at the end of the day, yeah. maybe that's one of the things that makes it the most sinful and not because uh, she isn't a great director, but because it's just a terrible combination. Like yeah. to try to have her auteurism interact with the MCU just didn't work. And that's before you get to the story issues and mm. the generic CG demon dogs and whatever else is going on in this movie that means nothing. If there's one movie you watch the uh, end credit stuff on and just go, never seeing them again, uh, it's it's this one, you know? Right. Like, I, I just... I am leaning Eternals already, and I think what's going uh, to uh, to put me over the edge uh, here is that the expectations should have been so much higher for uh, the Eternals, and it's still as sinful as Street Fighter. So I'm going to vote Eternals through to the next round so, as the more sinful movie. So you're saying that Steven D'Souza doesn't deserve to be in the same sentence with Chloe Zhao? <laughs> he he fucking wrote Commando, okay? Way. Commando's a great movie. There you go. Huh? Commando's a great movie. Yeah, I know it is. I love Commando. And a great style choice. Uh, all right, moving on to the next round. Uh, Wild Wild West up against Moonfall. Um, <laughs> These get tough. These decisions oh, get this is tough. the beauty. Uh, well, they will get tougher and tougher. Uh, Ian, you wrote on Moonfall. I wrote on Wild Wild West. I will start this one off uh, <laughs> as Ian takes a what giant bite of there? a cheeseburger. God. He's been eating it this entire, this entire time. I, I guess I haven't caught it till now. <laughs> He's yeah, he's been doing a good job and not letting us know. But that was the funniest thing ever because I go, uh, Ian wrote on Moonfall. I wrote on Wild uh, Wild Wild. Just as he's taking a giant <laughs> bite of this burger, and he looks at me like, "Oh no, is he coming to me first? Boom, boom!" He gave me a huge thumbs up when I said I'll go first. Is uh, it Wendy's? <laughs> no. Is it a, is it a square burger? No, it's not. Okay. Oh my goodness. Wiggles. Uh, I can go first now if you want. I'm finished eating. <laughs> no, you're not. I can, I can hear the bun stuck to stuck to the top of your the roof of your mouth. Uh, wild, wild west versus moonfall. I mean, I mean, come on, um, man. I, what's interesting is I I I've never been a defender of Wild Wild West. I'm not that insane, but Tell I have. But I have told people if you are willing to let your brain go in a few places like it can be there's some fun stuff that happens in this movie what i didn't remember before i send it uh was just how and probably because of cultural growth my own personal growth whatever how racially insensitive that movie is and how over the top some of that stuff is um and that weighs big on me um and then then there's moonfall which is just moonfall guys like the moon is it's it, it, the moon is falling <laughs> but it's not actually the moon but it is the moon but that's not a moon that's a space station um like it's i i don't i don't think i could in good conscience 
say Wild Wild West is more a more sinful movie than Moonfall. I'm voting for for Moonfall, uh, even though it has uh, technically less sins. Uh, my votes for Moonfall. Ian, you do get to go next. Uh, hopefully that burger is on its way to being digested. Mm, it definitely is. Um, so I, I'm going to say this a lot, but I wholeheartedly believe that Moonfall could go all the way and win this. Um, it is, it's not just a terrible concept and a terrible movie. It is terribly sinful um, as well. Just You can kind of summarize the lack of shits given by the rocket launch to the moon which has one like one person that has once upon a time done the thing and been in a shuttle but is retired and and washed up somebody who's never done it before and is just good at math and then guess what their math doesn't get used because they don't do it quick enough and they just guess and it all turns out okay um the moon kind of hits the planet and then doesn't and then goes back into orbit and we're all good uh it's still from deep space nine as we've as we've spoken about before quite heavily um however i haven't seen the wild wild west so there wasn't really a chance of me voting anything other than moonfall uh jonathan so i don't like i don't get pissed at movies like that's very rare for me i'm more like aaron in that regard unless like everyone else on the cinema sense that well i don't know if Dan <laughs> <that>. never... <laughs> but jeremy ian chris and today definitely get mad we get uh, mad so there's maybe a... but moonfall is one of the few movies that's ever just kind of made me like borderline angry um <laughs> I really, really hate this movie. I haven't seen Wild Wild West since it came out. I do not like that movie either. So, I, but it's so funny. When I saw Moonfall, I saw it with my mother, my wife, and my daughter. And all three of them actually had a decent experience with it. And I was seriously for a few minutes considering, like, going to get in my own apartment. Because um, <laughs> I just... Uh, I'm disappointed love, you didn't. This will be the one episode Meredith listens to. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> um, plus, my mom listens to this too. I forgot. Anyways. Um, no, I was just joking, obviously. Moonfall. I don't... I'm not saying anything. It's Moonfall. Wild Wild West is horribly offensive. I get that and all that stuff, but Moonfall is offensive in its own way, like for anyone that has a brain. It's very offensive. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we're not, uh, and again, I think we need to continue to mention because yeah. it, it comes up a lot because there are things that are sinful that are offensive, but we're yes. not voting for most offensive movie. We are True. voting for yeah. most sinful movie. And those are two those different things. Those things kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> they absolutely mm-hmm. can go hand in hand, but there is also a distinction. And I think you make it well here. Um, yeah. Uh, because if we were voting more offensive movie, I think Wild Wild West uh, oh my you know, God. would win this. And even um, in 1999, you should fucking know better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just should. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to the next. By the way, audience uh, also voted Moonfall is the more sinful uh, by a vote of 69. Nice. To 31%. It's not as fun when you expect it, Aaron. <laughs> like 69. <laughs> Uh, the Princess Diaries versus Cheapers Creepers is the next oh. uh, the next battle. Uh, Princess Diaries, a four seed on the back of its 985 sins. <laughs> Cheapers Creepers, the 29 seed with uh, 163 sins. Ian, you wrote on both of these, so you get to vote first. Tell yeah, us which is more sinful, Princess Diaries or Jeepers Creepers. Let's see what I did. Oh, so Princess Diaries gets up there because of the songs. So the songs that just describe what's happening on screen but are being mm-hmm. sung gets 100 sins each. Oh, this is tricky because the Princess Diaries is, for some reason, this, and I, I don't mean for some reason to belittle anyone's love of a movie, but for some reason, a cultural touchstone for lots and lots and lots of people in a way that I just don't get. And Jeepers Creepers is just a lazy horror movie that some people really love. So 
I, I feel You're kind like of dealing with two movies here that have a pretty decent exa- fan base to them. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Like there are fans like cool good on you that, that genuinely love these movies but they are so sinful for me um so i think what it comes down to is is jeepers creepers doing the tropey horror stuff worse than the princess diaries is doing the um sudden makeover um tropey cliche stuff and man it's a hard call oh, boy Man, that that message board at the police station in Jeepers Creepers, <laughs> that either saves it or kills it. Because if, if it's deliberate, why didn't you show us more of it? Right. If it's just someone messing around, same point, like, just, just show it to us. Princess Diaries is... It's Princess Diaries. That's going through for me. And uh, my, final, my final reasoning for that is Jeepers Creepers, you can watch as a horror movie and leave. Princess Diaries, I fear, has influenced children (laughs) (laughs) with its sins okay all right uh so the impact of those sins coming into uh your internal debate yeah uh i wrote on jeepers creepers but not princess diaries though i have seen princess diaries um and i think the 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 big sins that the princess diaries uh gets have a lot to do with princess culture right like this idea Mm -hmm. of what it means to be a woman what it means to be a princess what it means to be a you know a certain uh type of person um and i get that and a lot of uh disney movies have struggled with this through the years as Mm -hmm. well just the the idea of the princess narrative um jeepers creepers however it to me is sinful from beginning to end. Uh, there are so few human choices in that movie. <laughs> there are so few moments where somebody in that movie, in my opinion, acts like a human being would act in a situation like that. The movie, the cogs of the movie getting to where it wants to go, to me, are more evident than the actual human beings uh, developing the story or the plot. Um, whether it be returning to uh, nope tunnels um, or whatever it might be. Uh, so I'm the most go with- annoying thing is that the characters between themselves have that debate and discussion about, yeah, we shouldn't do this. This happens in horror movies. Mm-hmm. And and they, they go and, and do, do it, it anyway. And it's, it's not in a scream, wink at the camera kind of way. It's right. just, we're dumb. Right. Well, it's, it's trying to be, but it's not. Yeah, yeah I think it, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, plus none of the rules of the license plate game makes sense. So I have to go with, uh, <laughs> Jeepers Creepers, uh, as the more sinful movie. Jonathan, make the decision for us. Um, yeah, so I don't dislike Jeepers Creepers as much as you guys. I don't love it by any means, but, uh, I think I've mentioned this. I, I like the creature effects. I, uh, I, I'm a big, like, I like like urban legends and stuff like that. I find that interesting. Like just, you know, like stuff like that. I, I mean, and I actually like the movie urban legend more than Jeepers Creepers, but, um, I don't know. I'm not a woman. I only have one daughter, so I've only had the experience with the princess stuff through her, and uh, she loved watching all the princess stuff. We took her to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. God damn. Um, <laughs> That's, the that at- That's the full title. That's the full name. <laughs> <laughs> it did all that stuff at, uh, at Disney, and you know what? You know, she got a little older. Now she just doesn't really care about that anymore. So it definitely wasn't like a negative thing for my daughter. I'm not saying it can't be for other people, but like I guess I just have a different opinion on that. Plus, the Princess Diaries, if nothing else, it gave us Anne Hathaway as a as a star, and it got her her big break. And uh, uh, I love having her in movies, so uh, I'm going to give it to Jeepers Creepers because it is a super 
it is it it plays into the cliches hard mm-hmm. and and it's not doing anything interesting with them like something so, like scream or even like even urban legend to a point mm-hmm. uh, but but it's uh yeah it's just i don't know I, and plus and i guess i'll say this just because i don't want somebody saying you didn't even mention this and the director is a creepy evil son of a bitch so uh for all those reasons and more, Jeepers Creepers is going. <laughs> Not fair, but okay. <laughs> 56, 56% to 44% uh, the audience yeah. agrees. That's so, about as close as I would expect. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. sad about Jeepers Creepers. I mean, Creepers it's not, it's not super far off. Princess Diaries is bad. Like, do not get me wrong. Uh, all right, moving on to 51st Dates versus Madagascar Escape to Africa. Uh, I wrote on both Is of this these. Close? <laughs> I wrote on both of these. And did you say this is close or no, is I, this close? I said, is this close? I would say yes. Uh, oh, I, wrote, I wrote on both of these. Um, it, this is the classic volume versus density argument, mm-hmm. right? Like this is the classic because the the volume of uh, you know uh, don't care in Madagascar is much bigger. They yeah. they understand this is the uh, a, a sequel movie in a franchise f- that kids have enjoyed, and they just like the funny animals, and they're going to put the funny animals in funny situations. Who cares if they make sense? Who cares if any of it really means anything? Uh, we're going to give each of the funny animals, you know, some sort of storyline that doesn't get enough attention to really resolve, but it'll, you know, draw some laughs uh, and give our actors something to do. Um, so there's not a lot of care, in my opinion, in Madagascar Escape to Africa that shows up on the screen. I got to be careful because certainly I'm sure there are many people who care very deeply about that movie when they were making it and mm-hmm. uh, tried to make something good. Um, and then 51st Dates, um, you know, you could say a similar things, um, but I don't know. There's there's at least more cohesion there. As much as it, it doesn't make sense, uh, like the amnesia stuff, uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense how the people around her are handling it. Um, and that's certainly <clears throat> sinful. It's not as sinful to me as it, um, because it, it's not inconsistent. The world is consistent with how it handles it because that's the way they wanted to go about it. That's the humor they were trying to mine. Now, whether or not I find that funny or not is is certainly a conversation, but there's a consistency to them going, oh, you know what's funny? If this is the version of this universe that that we live in, and um, I just don't find it funny, uh, in in many cases, um, that's a lot of words to say to say I'm still up in the air on this one. Uh... <laughs> up in the air is not up for debate at the minute, Aaron. No, no, you it's can't not. vote for up in the air. Would have like a huge. No, I can't. I can't do Adam Sandler's voice. Never mind. I was going to do like a really annoying Adam Sandler voice. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe push me over the edge. Uh, you're you're uh, assuming that I don't also find David Schwimmer's voice annoying. Uh, mm. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm oh, yeah, Mad- yeah, He's I'm going with Madagascar. I think Madagascar is the more sinful movie uh, on this. Um, Jonathan, you next. Real quick, I haven't talked about Madagascar yet. I, I wasn't on when it went through. So I've seen all of those several times. This is the one where he finds his parents, uh, Ben Stiller's lion character. Correct. That's Ben Stiller's plot line. And Alec Baldwin is like, a, Alec mm-hmm. Baldwin's like another lion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That might be the best Madagascar movie. I don't know how much that's saying, but it might be. <laughs> um, God, 51st Dates, though. Man, that that's one of those movies when it came out. It was such a huge hit, and people were just like, just gawking over it. And I was just like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, this movie is not funny. 
it's very offensive in a lot of ways and it makes no sense even with the crazy ass plot that they have it it's just it it makes zero sense how they do this thing every day yep um i I just i don't get it like they just don't take big i don't know i just i don't get it and uh uh god madagascar i'm trying to even think what i would send in that i mean there's plenty because it's dreamworks uh (laughs) you know it doesn't have the it doesn't have the care and stuff of like a like a pixar movie uh i'm still gonna go 51st dates though all right jonathan says 51st dates ian yeah you thought this was easy so go for it yeah i mean you've both argued very well um my this is this even easy was because i was leaning 51st dates and that was absolutely a density versus volume thing and for me the density of the sins be they fewer in 51st dates are Mm -hmm. more egregious to me and madagascar is like we're we're in a cartoon yeah it's sinful that you don't care and but there's an attempt at a story there and there are some there's some gags there's an attempt at 10 stories there Yes, there are many. <laughs> Arguably too ambitious, which is an interesting accusation to levy at a DreamWorks film. Um, but it, it does feel a... It's hard to ignore my bias that I just... I like Madagascar more than 51st Dates. Uh-huh, sure. And that's sometimes what it comes down to as well. But I do think it's... it's As much as it's swinging for something different, it lands back in the, the cliche problematic romance tropes. So 51st Dates is going to be going through. And it has right. Rob Schneider. Is that enough? Oh, that's definitely <laughs> going for it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Can I change my vote? Yeah, uh, just kidding. Um, all right. So, fifty first dates is going through. The audience disagrees. They had Madagascar with a hundred percent to fifty first wow. dates zero percent. Uh, that's just because nobody in the audience but me has voted. Uh, all right. So we'll move oh. on. Hundred <laughs> percent and fifty first dates had seventy two. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, from here on out, we do not have uh, audience totals to give you. So uh, we will continue on with Greece versus Minions, The Rise oh. of Gru. Uh, this is a five seed in Greece with 755 sins. Uh, most of those sins due to the line, did she put up a fight? Uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru has 165 sins and comes in at number 28. Uh, I'm the only one that wrote on either of these. I wrote on Greece. Uh, this one is not not hard for me. I think Greece is the more uh, sinful movie here. And it's not just, again, because of the offensiveness of, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on there. I do think the, the movie itself is also... Um, the, the, the one thing the movie has going for it is talented people doing talented things, right? Like these people can sing, they can dance. Um, and I think that is where it gets its, you know, lifeblood from. But as far as the story goes, everything about this story is um, is weird to me. I don't understand the character necessarily. Uh, I don't understand how the characters interact together. Maybe it's because I'm not from that era. Um, and I don't understand why the, ki- the car is flying away at the end. Um, so Minions to me is a kid's movie fairly inoffensive um i don't even know that when we've previously talked about it that i've seen um the rise of grew as a hugely sinful movie so uh, i'm going with greece on this one ian why don't you go next oh man this is hard because i go back and forth on greece i heavily dislike it and have since i was a kid but i do appreciate it because it's i'm sorry mum. i know my mum doesn't listen it's one of my mum's favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. because she loves the performances she loves the dances and the singing and the story she's fully aware is problematic but just has a great time of it and where i'm where i'm struggling is that 
does Greece even care that it's telling a problematic story? Like, does it know that, yeah, it's the 50s, it was messed up, this is what, this is a story of its time. Do they I don't, know I don't, how difficult I don't know that, that, that matters for a conversation. Uh, mm. That would be the first decision to make. But I can tell you that if you do a little bit of research on them making this movie, they were well aware that they were making a very sexualized idea of the 50s. Like, that was their intent. Then I would argue that was, they've made a good movie then, that they've achieved their, their goal mm, and communicated right. that really well. Um, we may not agree with it, I may not like it, but I don't know that it makes the movie sinful if that was the intent and that's what it what it's doing. For me, like the uh, Princess Diaries, I think it. I think they're trying to tell an inspiring story and just focus on the wrong, the the more cosmetic, mm -hmm. annoying stuff. But so, they also want us to want uh, Zuko in. Um, they want us to want Travolta and Olivia Newton John together. Like that, like the yes, the, there's this yeah. intent to want that to work, mm -hmm. and yet at the same time they're working against themselves with everything they're doing to those characters under underneath them. Um, mm. The Living Newton ah. John character is one of the most baffling characters to me in the history of cinema. I don't uh, welcome to women in movies sometimes. That are <laughs> well, written by I mean, men. You're, you're not like, wrong there. Yeah, the, yeah. Minions: The Rise of Gru pissed me. Oh, mainly because it is a Minions movie. Just because the Minions are the more popular offspring, even though I think Gru is a way more interesting character, you just, you have to stay. It is such a self-damning, like, statement of lack of confidence in Despicable Me and... I mean, anything beyond the first Despicable Me is garbage anyway, but I like that first one. And just to go full circle and be like, you know what? Minions are better. We'll just make this a Gru movie, but put Minions in the beginning. It's not a Minions movie. It's a Gru movie. It doesn't stay consistent with its own timeline because there's stuff that, that I, I think they got wrong compared to Minions about where his like evil scientist buddy should be at this point in time because they had to shoehorn him in. This is like just cameos from the Despicable Meaverse, and you didn't even worry about whether these cameos made sense. Um, I think the story is terrible. I really just, it's, and it's everything I don't like about animated sequels. I can't believe it, but I'm voting for Minions. All right, Jonathan, it'll come down to you. What uh, what's the more sinful movie to you? Yeah, Grease was a movie I watched a lot as a kid. But I but I but I do think like and I do think that it mostly had to do with the music. And I don't think the movie knows whether or not Danny is a good person, but Travolta, you can see how good of an actor he is because he makes him very likable even though there's obviously some problematic shit going on there, right? Uh you could say the same thing for Saturday Night Fever. Uh, the way he plays in that too. I think I think so. I think Andrew Fulton and Olivia Newton John have really nice chemistry. I think also something we haven't brought up other than the problematic stuff is like I know like adults have played teenagers forever, but like I've never <laughs> seen people that looked yeah. less like they were in high school. <laughs> It really confused me as a kid because I was like, man, they grow yeah. big in America. Yeah, no, I, I don't know who was the oldest, but like, I mean, they were well in their 20s, all of them pretty much. Uh, there might have been a couple, but um, and then what's funny is like the bad guy, the like the like the scarred face guy or whatever, like not he's not a bad guy, but he's like from the other school or whatever. He's in Greece, too, which is like four years later and he's like still in high school. It's the weird <laughs> thing. Anyways, uh, I have not seen an Rise of Guru. Um, I've seen all the other ones, though, uh, so I can only imagine um, the sin, but um, I, I got to go Grease. All right. Grease will move on. It's the more sinful movie, uh, and we will move on to the next round between Old and Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> 
The 53 seed old with 133 sins. The 21 seed Ghostbusters Afterlife with 180 sins. Jonathan, you wrote on both of these. So uh, give us your educated opinion and your vote, please. Um, I think Ghostbusters Afterlife's biggest sin is that it tries to become like, I think Ghostbusters Afterlife is a really fun, entertaining Ghostbusters movie until what for some people would consider it becomes a Ghostbusters movie when we get to see all the old, <laughs> you know, Bill Murray and stuff. And and not that they're like terrible or anything, but that just seems really like ham fisted into the into the movie right at the very end. Um, and I was enjoying my time with, you know, the kids. The kids were fun. And I loved uh, is it Carrie? Carrie Coon is that her name? I think it plays the mom. Mm-hmm. And then, yes. of course, Paul Rudd. Um, I was enjoying all that. And then like the last 20 minutes happened and I'm like, now I don't know if I like it. So, mm-hmm. uh, same experience. And I mean, yeah. just, mm-hmm. yeah, just all the things that come with these kind of reboots and stuff. Very, very few, uh, franchises have ever been able to do this, um, in a super successful way. It was really interesting. I rewatched uh, casino Royale not that long ago. Uh, the, the one with Craig, not the old one from the sixties. Mm-hmm. And I was interesting to say, cause this was, that was early on in the whole reboot phase but like bond nails it like right from the beginning of casino mm-hmm. royale so it can be done ghostbusters after life is kind of a half and half attempt at it i guess but um old is the other one right mm-hmm. um old is terrible uh and it has a lot of sin mainly just a lot of it just doesn't make sense like the the aging uh the way the people age and uh the 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 ending that comes from it where it's these people like you know doing the medical stuff and trying to find that just i don't know that seems really silly and uh and the whole like oh we figured out how to escape the island by staying underwater and going through these coral reefs um like i don't know how they came up with that um there's just a lot of shit like that um i I, I got to I mean, Ghostbusters Afterlife has plenty of sins, but I still have to go old because that was all right. On some uh, levels. Old is the vote from Jonathan. I'll go next. And um, man, this is really hard for me. <sighs> old has been an interesting conversation in every round because there's uh, I always feel like I'm saying that uh, there's a lot of sinfulness to the way M. Night handles uh, the stuff that goes on in old, like there mm. isn't a a ton of care that's taken with rule consistency in some instances. You can tell he's more interested in the conceit as a way to create interesting storylines and interesting mm. themes than he is to create a consistent sci-fi concept right that and that makes sense of what what we know of m night like that makes total sense he's a bedtime story guy he said this many times before Uh he's not in you know when you tell a bedtime story to a kid you're you're not worried about inconsistencies of the rules of the world you're 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 interested in entertaining the kid and making their brain do interesting things and um I just, for that, Old is a supremely successful movie. Like, for the things M. Night wanted to do with it, I think he does with it. Now, now whether that connects to you in any way, that's you know, remains to be seen. Um, and certainly the stuff that's 
all right there on the surface. He does uh, have a way, a tendency. I've described him in the past as a preschool teacher. Um, and again, this goes back to the bedtime story kind of thing where the preschool teacher will read the book, but then instead of turning to the next page, we'll do the point out method where it's like, oh, see how the dog is doing this here. Oh, see how this is like M night has that with his movies too. Like you can feel him going, oh, see how they're, see how the words that they said also deal with how time passes and like, you know, like you can feel him reveling in the story and I noticed I that know, loving Cabin in the Woods for the first time. Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> knock at, knock the, at the door. Knock at the, knock the cabin. Damn it! Knock <laughs> at the cabin door. Boutique. Cabin the with a door. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So there's lots of that in his stuff. And to me, that can be a little hit or miss. But when it hits, I really like it. And if nothing else, uh, he does inventive stuff. Um, but that doesn't make it not a sinful movie. Ghostbusters Afterlife, on the other hand... Um, I think just fumbles a really great cast and a really great idea for a reboot by getting too locked into the legacy. Um, mm-hmm. And the legacy is clearly important to several people who were immensely um, uh, involved in where it landed. You know what? It re- in a very weird way reminds me of Bohemian Rhapsody, where you could feel the fingerprints of the people who care too much about it. Uh, that and those fingerprints or those hand uh, prints are keeping the story from being what could have been more nuanced, more powerful, more interesting because they just they're too precious with the material. And I think Ghostbusters Afterlife is really sinful in that way and completely, as you mentioned, fumbles the end because of it. And to me, I think that outweighs uh, old for me. So I'm going with Ghostbusters Afterlife is the more uh, sinful movie of these two. And uh, Ian's going to have to decide. Oh, I was really hoping it wouldn't come down to that. This is the hardest one for me so far. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters felt like a reaction to 2016, where it's like that went so far off the rails. We now need to overcorrect. And if the 2016 Ghostbusters hadn't happened, I'd wonder what this movie could have been. Because this felt like such an overcorrection back to, here's the legacy, here's what we want. And you're right, Jonathan, like, you've got a pretty entertaining movie, and I enjoyed the ride, until you get this short film at the end, which should have just been cut out and released as a short film, (laughs) so that you've got all four of them back together solving a Ghostbusters thing. It undercuts almost everything everyone else is doing mainly because most of the characters don't fucking remember them they don't i mean these ghosts turn up like yeah that that thing in new york that you you guys there were ghosts or something never mind that ghosts happened and everybody (laughs) forgot about it the marshmallow guy so weird that happened and we're just like yeah that was a weird that was a weird Uh, summer wasn't it that was odd i didn't even buy that in ghostbusters 2 where they were trying to say somehow that got covered up how did you cover up a fucking marshmallow man Uh uh-huh and somehow this they go out of business and i'm like how are you not the most sort of you should be fighting away copycats not forgotten about um and then some punk comes up with a youtube video that finds this old advert and of course the phone is still connected but yeah ha <sighs> compared to old which if aaron didn't exist i would like the most on the team <laughs> 
I'm not sure you don't like it more than I do. I'm not 100% sure which of us likes it more. I, but I, I, I apologize because I made the comment that it was dumb. It's definitely not dumb. And obviously, anybody <laughs> no, 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 no. Like. Parts of it are I'm dumb. Not, I wasn't <laughs> John, speaking condescending. Jonathan, parts of it are dumb. The ending, and this is the, so many movies fall apart, in my opinion, in the final act. And I think that's, that's why we talk about movies sticking the landing. Yeah. This falls apart into Jeepers Creepers by the end, where it's just a, oh, it's Big farmer and it's i'm sorry that was a weird comparison i just mean being lazy with the ending not that big farmer was I in mean, on jeepers creepers you know big farmers <laughs> and jeepers creepers too so that makes sense. it could be could have created the demon but it's just yeah it's this conspiracy and we lose any kind of themes of connection and what the characters are going through and what we're trying to say by this expositional diatribe of yeah big farmer doing it and this is what happens when companies find a desert a beach where you can do things they're going to experiment and they're going to drug people and that's going to happen but it's the same same scene over and over and over again um i but i do respect that he is going for a theme and like a lot of what aaron said there i'm I'm not going to, I don't want to penalize a movie for not thinking out everything when it has a really inventive story to tell. So it's Ghostbusters Afterlife for me. It has more scenes. Oh, it has right. a bigger variety of scenes. Uh, one thing Ghost... I forgot to mention about old, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I would say one thing I forgot to mention about old, and this could just be me being naive, but, and obviously the votes are already in, but uh, I have a hard time ever believing that like that many people would be cool with doing this. Like I never, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's one of those things. Like, there's so many people in that lab and they yeah. all know what's going I, on. I, I agree with you. One person. I agree with you, but I am Mr. Naive. So, I, like, I think, it's not a I surprise that I think there would be a few people standing up for justice in there. But uh... <sighs> I don't, yeah. I, <laughs> I, was, I, don't... I did send it and we did keep it mm. in. So, I was happy about that. I feel like that amount of people exist. Finding them and getting them unified would yeah, be the challenge there. And yeah. what if How'd, they don't yeah. go on board? Like after you question exactly. them about some stuff, do you kill them? Like what right? do you do? You, take yeah, you them put them on the, the island. island. You put them on the beach, yeah. You know, we don't do uh, spoiler yeah. alerts uh, for all the movies we're talking about necessarily. I I have uh, possibly made a poor assumption that everybody just expects if we're talking about these movies, we may uh, talk about spoilers because Cinema Sins is kind of spoiler forward uh, in, you know, it's right there with the duh at the beginning of our, our videos. Um, but I will say uh, for this, mov this movie, and this I guess is a spoiler alert, when it comes down to, and we, again, the votes are already in, when it comes down to it, the idea of pharmaceutical companies company uses a magical beach that uh, escalates time to test their drugs to actually increase the uh, the efficacy of how quickly they can see how their drugs work over time is brilliant. This mm. is a brilliant concept. Um, the execution, we can argue about, you know, all day, yeah, but I, I think it's love the concept of this movie. No, um, concept's fine. I love them night. I like glass. Like, I'm actually a, quite a big fan mm -hmm. of the movie glass. <laughs> so, I mean... Uh, I like some of the ones that people don't like as much. Although I guess Glass was a hit, though, so maybe more people like that one. I, mean, I have noticed. I feel like a lot it. of people are on your side with old, though. Now, yeah, you think people are like coming around a lot to more it? People to like, yeah, yeah. maybe. I think so. uh, all right, let's move on to the Lost City versus the Black Phone. Um, <laughs> Lost, a tale of two sin totals. 
Uh, the Lost City, the number two seed with 10,125 sins. Uh, and the Black Phone, the 98th seed with 108 sins. Uh, you would think this would be a blow easy blowout between the Lost City and the Black Phone. Well, Jonathan, you get to tell us uh, what you think since uh, you wrote on the Black Phone, um, which of these you're going to be voting for and why. So, uh, like, I like the Black Phone, although I will say... Um, having watched it, like I watched in the theater, I enjoyed it. Then I did the sins video. And so I probably watched it a couple more times and I, I liked it a little less each time. Uh, there's plenty of sins in it. The main one being, I don't know how the fuck that phone works. Like, I don't know well, it's not <laughs> how the phone works. I mean, that's, that's like, that's just horror shit. And we're but back to the, the title of the still, movie. <laughs> yeah. Why the phone is still down there. I do not understand. Like that makes absolutely no sense from the, uh, from the, from the kidnappers perspective. Um, so it's just stuff like that. Like, and so then once that kind of starts to unravel, then you start questioning a lot of other things. Like, it's really weird how like each former victim that calls him has just a little bit more information. Um, like they don't just give it to him all at once. It's like, <laughs> yeah, these guys the dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, and that's, I mean, that's kind of the same version of, of the poltergeist thing where, you know, the move, the ghosts start off just moving chairs and then eventually they get to, I'm going to steal your daughter and she's mm -hmm. gonna, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, why don't the ghosts just go straight to that? I've never yeah. figured that out. Uh, I've come for your daughter, Chuck. Well. Yeah. Poltergeist does it pretty well. And then all the other movies copied it and have it. And this is kind of a variation on that in a way, because he needs all these little bits of information to finally get free. Um, so it's definitely got all that going. Lost City um, is actually a pretty damn charming movie. Um, I, I, I mean, I haven't watched it again, but I had a good time with it. I laughed more than I didn't. Um, I thought Tatum and Bullock were really good together. I loved Brad Pitt. Uh, with what little he was in it. Uh, it's definitely got sins, though, right? Because, I mean, A, it's romancing the stone, and it's not even, like, hiding it. Like, it's just like, we're just going to be romancing the stone and, you know, deal with it. Um, and uh, it's got, obviously, a lot of the the the, the women in peril cliches. Uh, I think it handles them a little better than than a lot of these movies do. Um, as, you know, something like 50 First Dates or whatever. Um, but, God, that, that, that phone bugs the fuck out of me. Even though I... <laughs> Might I don't know. I probably like them both about the same, but that phone just bugs the hell out of me. So I'm actually going to go black phone, which is kind of weird. But All that's right. Black phone is the more sinful movie, says Jonathan. Ian, what do you think? <sighs> this is interesting. I mean, the black phone has had a pretty easy ride because it was up against Encanto and Batman. I'm kind of shocked it beat Batman. <sighs> I'm going to get straight. I'm going to cut straight to the chase. I'm voting The Lost City. And this really does come down to a variety versus one concept. Um, I, I really like the story that the Black Phone is attempting to tell. And I love the unique approach. Um, I think you do as well, Jonathan. It, yeah, no, I, I like it. it. Just, yeah, it's a good it movie. doesn't stick the landing for me. It doesn't stick the execution yeah. just by being a little bit, a little bit bland and then a little bit confusing as well. And that there's a difference between like being supernatural and hand wavy and just not making any sense. And it's really hard to get past that. But I had an, I had, like you, Jonathan, I had a great time with the lost city, but it has, it has the volume of action, adventure, romance mm -hmm. scenes that, that I, I think puts it just above the black phone, but they're just such different movies. Aaron, why are you making us compare these two movies? It's just been a terrible idea. Terrible idea. Um, One movie has Sandra Bullock in it. The other movie has a little girl. Same yeah, thing. There we go. Got it. I I will break the tie then. And uh, I if if there ever was a case 
I would for me to pull a Jonathan and flip a coin, this would be the case. Yeah. Um I this is as close as it's ever been for me. And the reason is I have almost exactly the same view of these two two movies, which may sound weird because they like you said, they are so different. I enjoyed both of these movies quite a bit, actually. I enjoyed The Black Phone and I enjoyed The Lost City quite a bit. Often not in spite of their sins, but because of their sins. Uh, you know, the black phone, I think a lot of the biggest sins in the black phone are convenience. They, they just, mm -hmm. the, the ideas of, oh, the order just happened to go right and every character, you know, I, at the end you're left thinking, well, well so wait, is the magic, is the black phone like this magical thing that was planning this, this information to give in this way so that all these certain specific things could happen in exactly the order they needed to can it can the black phone see the future does it know like you know like so like you're asking all the, these questions of convenience when you really start to think about it but it's also the reason i like the movie i like the movie because of how intricately convenient it is because of how intricately yeah, all those things are connected and because that ties into the theme so well of what the black phone is saying about a escaping abuse and about what abuse looks like and, mm -hmm. and all those kind of things. Uh, and I think it does it really well. Lost City is very, very similar for me. I enjoy this movie because it's not getting bogged down and trying to be something big or new or whatever. I'm just having a good time with Sandra Bullock and, and Channing Tatum mm -hmm. and I'm enjoying the ride. And when there's cameos, I'm loving the cameos. And, uh, you know, it's, I laughed a lot. I had fun. Um, and if the movie was bogged down in trying to be more realism or whatever, I don't know if I just had a good a time. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm so feel so very similar about both of these. Um, I think at the end of the day, the sin that's going to make it more sinful for me is, and, and this is slight because, uh, I'm going to go with the sin of shallowness. I think the lost city is a little more shallow than the black phone. And that is not to say that the lost city isn't trying to say something. It, it is, but I, I don't think what it's trying to say feels as um, deep to me or thought provoking to me is what the black phone is trying to say. So I'm going to go with the lost city uh, being the more sinful movie of the two. And boy, that was, that was, grasping at straws trying to to figure out which one of those uh -huh. to go with That's a tricky one i think i uh, agree with the two of you now though not that it matters because i mean obviously lost uh -huh. city won so i'm glad lost city won uh, you mentioned something about black and i forgot about yeah the the the, the way it deals with abuse is really interesting mm -hmm. um i love that the dad doesn't like uh the dad's not necessarily the villain but he is a villain and i love that bit at the end where he says something to him you know, he's doing that abuser shit where he's crying like i'm you know mm, i realize yeah i don't want to lose you guys all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff and they don't yeah. even like react they just hold yeah, each other yeah that, that was a big moment yeah that's a that's a that's a really sad but it's like it's like you're happy he escaped but then you're also like but he's got to go back and live with this guy <laughs> like uh-huh <laughs> and yeah. it's better but it's like having to say that's better is awful. And I love that the movie was not scared to to go there. So Yeah, it's not a big old happy ending. Uh, our next battle is the bizarro version of these movies. Uh, Don't Breathe 2 and Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. Uh, <laughs> Talk about two movies that are similar. My God. I mean, <laughs> right? They both have two in the title. Uh, Ian, you read on both of these. So go ahead. Give us your thoughts and vote. 
Yeah, don't breathe too. All right. Uh, <laughs> that works for I mean, me. I mean, I I despise Peter. No, despise is a hard word, harsh word. Um, I have a, a predisposition to dislike stuff that James Corden does. Personal choice. That's all right. I don't have to like everything oh. you people like. Um, but it's it's an animated film. Don't Donald Donald. Damn it, Donald. I'm English. I should be able to say his name. Donald Gleason. Donald, him. Um, sorry, Ireland is great i love him he's me in this movie this is grumpy he's in this movie isn't he <laughs> yes yeah, yes. yeah sorry absolutely. aaron was looking 100%. at me like no, no, no. let me just check the imdb for a second <laughs> no, no um, you're good. he's he's me in this movie he's grumpy he's pissed off with this bunny's shenanigans who is ruining his day in his life um across the first and the second movie um but it's it's a dumb animated movie based on like taking a very very small book and extending extending this universe probably beyond its beyond its means with the tools that are being used and it's just got kind of like a usual adventure trying to get home finding bad people on the street but it's it's pretty it's pretty fairly harmless other than peter rabbit just being a dick don't breathe too tries to turn a rapist into a hero after the raping has happened that wins um i'm voting uh i have no choice now but to vote for don't breathe too uh <laughs> I, I will not be painted into a corner one, but i've been painted into a corner uh no i i this is not a hard one don't breathe too and i i talked on the last episode about uh maybe not on the very last well maybe on the last episode maybe it was two episodes ago it doesn't matter the point is i talked about peter rabbit too and how sinful it is it is very very sinful but uh, don't breathe too is my vote uh, jonathan yeah, I mean, the thing that really sucks about Don't Breathe 2 is that if it wasn't a sequel and it wasn't that guy, I'd probably actually would kind of enjoy this movie because it's got it's like this really interesting like like there's these like I think the 70s and some of the early 80s. You got a lot of these like stripped down like action thrillers, you know, where it was just it was a simple premise like this, you know, guy and his daughter are in their house. The guy's blind. These people come. He kicks all their asses, blah, blah, blah. Like you could, it's it's not a bad movie when you don't think about who the main character is. Like you can mm -hmm. watch it, you know, beat for beat. It's nothing yeah. original. It's nothing new, but it's perfectly fine. But it's just you can't. I can't get around that. It's like Jason Statham in the Fast and Furious movies. Like that dude blew up a hospital full of patients. Like and now they're working with him. Like I just I cannot get past that. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's don't be too. Uh, it's very, very easy, like Aaron and Ian said. And it doesn't matter how many times you have him say, I did bad things, I did bad things. Mm -hmm. I'm still not rooting for you, my dude. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. On to Lightyear versus the bad guys. Uh, Lightyear, the 7C with 260 uh, sins. The bad guys, uh, 143 sins, the 39 seed. I think I mentioned in the last time we, we talked about uh, Lightyear, the very last sin of Lightyear is that it couldn't make more money than the bad guys. Uh, so it's interesting. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's true. There's your answer. Isn't that the it's unwritten true. rule that if the, yes, the Sims video true. references the movie that it's going up against, it wins? Like, yeah, but which one is the which one is the loser in that reference? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's still Buzz Lightyear. That's amazing. Uh, so um, I think as I look at these, it would be very easy for me to go with Lightyear uh, just because it's such a failure of expectation. Um, 
I fully expect to be outvoted on this. I'm going with the bad guys. Uh, I I have talked in every round I've gotten a chance to talk about the bad guys, how sinful a movie I think this is. I think it has a completely world movie breaking moment at the end uh, just to have a surprise. And it just breaks the entire movie. And that to me um, is big enough to put it uh, over the edge. So I am voting for the bad guys uh, on this one. Um, Ian, um, I haven't seen either of these films. Okay, Jonathan. That wait, I, <laughs> I, I haven't cool. either. So. Oh, you haven't either. I watched right. the video. Okay, no, I watched Could, the videos. Okay, then then, then I'll vote Lightyear. <laughs> All right, no, I've down the to Jonathan. I think, then I think Lightyear's biggest sin, if anything, from what I can tell, from what I've heard from people that have talked about it, I watched the video and I the sins video, and I just think that just the concept of it is just like yes. hard to wrap. That's your head a huge around. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's well, just, and it's, it's and it doesn't make any sense. It's not just no, it's not it's just not that all. it's hard. It's not that it's just confusing. It also like negates so it's interesting because you're you're absolutely right lightyear has a world-breaking beginning and the bad guys has a world-breaking end (laughs) like it's it's interesting in that way yeah i'm actually going bad guys though i I felt after watching the videos bad guys seem to have a lot of those same like cliches and stuff and plus the thing that happens at the end so yeah i'm going bad guys all right uh bad guys will move on much to the chagrin of some people on discord who cannot believe that the bad guys is still in this contest i don't think they're shocked you didn't vote for lightyear (laughs) (laughs) that's true i didn't even think about the fact that lightyear's a pixar movie that didn't even cross my mind just because it's so underperformed um yeah, yeah it feels like like somebody else got the rights like right that yeah that's exactly like what it feels like you're not yeah. wrong that's a great way to put it uh it feels like, like somebody Corman got the right yeah no no it, it literally feels like somebody was like you know what doesn't matter anymore copyright law uh <laughs> you know and it's like all right cool. that's that too i mean it's just some other random company picking up some <laughs> weird movie and then just making a sequel that makes no sense like that happens i'm so down for much it listen the, my copyright law amazing. opinions are not uh private uh i've been very public about think uh that we need to really loosen up a lot of the copyright stuff to to uh, inspire more creativity but anyhow yeah, sure. uh we'll, we'll move on to the next round fantastic beast the secrets of dumbledore versus punisher Warzone. a couple colon movies uh which that's probably right oh. where they should stay um and we are uh i guess i'll go first again because i wrote on both of these um there are three battles in a row where i wrote on both of them was i just put on all the bad movies is that yes. am i am i realizing Apparently. something here um so fantastic beast versus punisher Warzone is actually this may sound strange not that difficult to me i think punisher Warzone is one of the most sinful movies i've ever sinned um it is uh, again i i feel like i'll repeat myself if i talk too long so i'll make this very short i just think it's a complete failure of tone understanding i think the movie does not understand what kind of movie it is and therefore when something is uh where, where something the attempted tone is satire or over-the-top humor, it doesn't work because that's not how you've been led before. And when the tone of something is take this seriously, you can't do that because of something you saw that was really over-the-top. Like, it cannot succeed in everything it's doing. So every moment, everything becomes a sin. And when everything is a sin, um, it's hard not to be the most sinful. Uh, whereas Fantastic Beasts, it's a Fantastic Beast movie. It does what you expected a Fantastic Beast movie to do, which is be very sinful. But it doesn't. <laughs> well, it does... 
okay, you're right if this was your first experience with Fantastic Beasts, but I'm saying it does everything you expect this franchise to do. Um, I don't know, Matt. If, just because you've called a cheeseburger spaghetti for 10 years, it doesn't mean <laughs> I'm not going to be any less annoyed that no, it isn't spaghetti. No, but you could, at least you could at least go, yeah, this is the pattern. I go to this restaurant, they serve <laughs> me spaghetti when I ask for a cheeseburger. Like, you, at some point, you'd learn your lesson. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I will be voting for Punisher Warzone. Uh, Ian, go ahead and continue your thoughts. Um, I haven't. This is hard because I haven't seen Punisher Warzone. I want to believe you. I want to believe that it is more sinful than Fantastic Beasts. But Fantastic Beasts goes about itself with such a sincerity that belies its inadequacy. <laughs> <laughs> if you want another Predator Two experience, we'll fire up. Uh, we'll fire oh, up Punisher really? Warzone. I can't for believe you. it's that. I can't believe it's that. <laughs> Bad. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna short circuit this, and uh, it is gonna be Fantastic Beasts. The watching bias is huge here. I've watched sure. Fantastic Beasts. Sure. I send it. I I can't properly compare it to Punisher Warzone. Okay, Jonathan, break the tie. I mean, Fantastic Beasts is like really good proof that like this whole and a lot of the studios seem to be starting to back away from this a little bit. But uh, you know, people just trying to plan these franchises before they even have one movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even yeah. know if third one gets made if they hadn't already started so much production on it. Right. You know, while the second before the second one even comes out. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and, and I hope they're done. I can't even imagine that they were going to do seven of these. Like, what, what the hell is that? Like, what? Are, I don't know. I guess it was supposed to lead up to like Harry Potter being born. I have no idea. But um, I still think it's Punisher Warzone because Punisher Warzone is just ridiculous on so mm. many levels. Like, there's just ugh. yeah, it's Punisher Warzone. All right, I've got to watch this movie. I got to watch this movie now. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, watch what you want to watch. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I mean, you might enjoy it. People do enjoy it, by the way. It's got, it's got a pretty rabid fan base. It does. It does. That takes us to our next battle: uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop versus Bridesmaids. Uh, so oh uh, Paul Blart is a three seed with uh, thirteen hundred and twelve cents. Bridesmaids the thirty seed with one hundred fifty nine cents. I again wrote on both of these, uh, so I will go first with Deliberation. Um, yeah, this is Paul Blart for me. My my vote is going to be Paul Blart Mall Cop. Um, I think it's uh, kind of a stop. I think Bridesmaids has made it to the third round uh, on the strength of the the idea that yeah, um, women can be as gross and dumb as men. So why are we rewarding that? You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the major sin I feel with that movie. Um, and, and not to say it's the only sin. There certainly it's sinful in other ways. But man, Paul Blart is it's Paul Blart guys. And uh, it's really sinful throughout. So, yeah, this is an easy one for me. Um, Ian, you also wrote on Paul Blart. What is your vote? Yeah, it's Paul Blart for me. And I have, I will watch Paul Blart a hundred times before I watch Bridesmaids again. But it, it is <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> Please don't. Um, but it, it is, is like three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is more sinful for me. And it's more, less shits are given i feel the shits that are given in bridesmaids even if i don't agree with the direction they were thrown um and you really do you really do feel those uh there's a whole scene uh where they're yes, felt yes yes that was that was deliberate um it, yeah i i get the i get the humor i get the humor in bridesmaids paul blart just misses the mark so many ways uh jonathan what are your thoughts 
Uh, it's Paul Blart. I don't really have anything else to add. You guys said it all. <laughs> all right. Paul Blart will move on to the next round. And we will move on to the next battle between Uncharted and Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Look at the, look at Indiana Jones going up against Uncharted. Uh, so poetic. Wow. Isn't it? So poetic. If we could throw the Lost City in there. Batman. Yeah, if we could throw the Lost City in there, we'd have a, a trifecta uh, and romancing the stone. Might as well. Um, no, Uncharted versus uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, Ian, you wrote on Uncharted. Jonathan, you wrote on Indy. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you start us off with your uh, thoughts in vote? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I talked about this the last time I was on. I think we talked about this. So it's just, you know, it's like it's it talk about a movie that's very problematic. It's got the the female lead that is horribly written. Um, it's got the, the the sidekick that is uh, racially insensitive, I guess, at times um, mm. makes fun of like tries to like pokes fun at other cultures, like eating habits, religious practices, all kinds of stuff. But there is no way in hell I'm going to let I'm going to pick Indy over Uncharted, <laughs> which is like because mm -hmm. the Temple of Doom still somehow manages to be a pretty good movie. But like Uncharted is just like taking everything it can from the Indiana Jones films and making it a lot worse. So it's it's uncharted and this might be a little closer than i'm making it seem like but there's just no way i mean i can't i can't pick to pull doom over uncharted uh ian you're next oh this this isn't even a conversation this is the easiest pick not just of this round but of i think any round i've been in today um it's uncharted because imagine like you asked for a burger and you got spaghetti and the spaghetti still <laughs> tasted like shit that's uncharted they made you drink milk <laughs> yeah yeah exactly they actually brought you milk yeah you're yeah. expecting spaghetti and they just punched me in the face. Yeah, they cast milk as spaghetti uh, yes. in this movie. <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> and then just kicked you in the nuts. Uh, I won't. I I will say it's probably closer for me than you guys. No, but it's, it's not. It is. But it, Temple of Doom is a pretty sinful movie. There's 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 a lot of sinful it's stuff going sinful. on there. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to. It's not close. Uh, it, I would also say it's not close. I just said it's probably closer for me. Uh, <laughs> Uncharted will be moving on to the next round. The next battle, Morbius versus Click. Oh. Uh, so we've got some Sandler versus some Morbius. Uh, Morbius, the 59 seed with 131 sins. Click, the 38 seed with 145 sins. Uh, Ian, you wrote on Click. Why don't you start us off? Ah, you bastard. <laughs> <sighs> I did write on click. It is hard to see past my fury. Um, but what is more sinful? Jared Leto just doing a worse impression of a vampire than either of um, Nick Cage's impressions. <laughs> and Nick Cage wasn't even playing a vampire in one of those movies. And it's still better than Morbius. Um, the wasted opportunity, the shitty CGI, the where the fuck is this story going? Who do I root for? Why am I doing this? Other than to watch Matt Smith dance. Compared to Adam Sandler doing what Adam Sandler does best, which is make himself the victim in these movies when he's just a terrible individual and it all works out well at the end because it was all a dream. And like, did this spawn? It was all a dream? Like, just that being... Oh, that's been... That's, <laughs> no, I know that's been, been around movies No, forever. I know it's been around forever because you've got the whole JR in the shower thing, which is insane to me. Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah, but there's... Yeah. I... <sighs> JR's on the shower, first. by the way. Bobby's in the shower. Bobby Ewing in the shower. I, mean, I, I don't know. Didn't JR come out of a shower because he got shot and then... No. JR got shot. Uh, no. I think Patrick Patrick Duffy like decided to leave the show and then and they killed him off. And then he wanted to come back because I guess he wasn't getting any work. So they made this like they made all this stuff a dream like he never got shot. I thought <sighs> JR got shot because he wanted to take a shower with a snow globe. I thought that's, that's, yeah. that's yeah. what happened. Okay. Um, yeah. 
and he had a, and he had a sled named Rosebud. It's mm-hmm. crazy. I might get deported for this, but it's click <laughs> for me. It's more sinful than Morbius. Wow. Okay, Jonathan. I know. No, I'll no, no. On my no. Own. Hey, no. That'd be a this weird is... story. Why'd you get deported? This... <laughs> I was on this podcast. I said I like yeah. click better than something else. There are so many things we have to explain before getting to the reason. <laughs> Uh, so have you heard of cinema since? Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, Jonathan, uh, what is your uh, debate here and where's your final vote go between Morbius and Click? What's the more sinful I movie? mean, I, I, I want to make this very clear. Click is horrible. It's super sinful. Um, like most of the Sandman's films. Oh, I can't believe I just said um, <laughs> Do you feel dirty? It's, mor- it's Morbius. I mean, it's just Morbius is so bad. It's so <sighs> sinful. I don't want to watch either of these movies again, so I don't want to make that choice. But Morbius is so much worse. I mean, it, it's unreal. I mean, we made two sins videos out of it. That's how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, but how much of that is just meme culture, right? Like, I you know, know, that's all we did. Yeah, I'm it, joking. It's, it's interesting. This is, this is I an think this movie one. is way more forgettable if it didn't get memed to death. And I, I think that is the reason that we're talking about it so much is because pop culture latched onto this thing that was supposed to be incredible. And yeah. finally, we're getting a Morbius movie and it just snuffed nobody the delivery so Click. hard. Click was a giant hit and nobody talks about it anymore. So I, don't, I think I feel like I still hear people talk about how amazing Click is. I might just Man. stop listening if somebody says that. <laughs> that might yeah, just switch off. Yeah. Click. I'm gone. I would. So I'm gonna yeah, do like three hours. I'm gonna br- <laughs> I'm gonna break this tie with a process of logic uh, that I have used once before in this tournament, and it's when two movies are so bad that instead of counting how sinful they are, you count how not sinful they are. Is there anything in them mm-hmm. that's not sinful? Anything redeeming? Anything in there? You're like, I'm glad I saw it because of that. And I'm pretty sure you did this with Morbius because you said Matt Smith was the redeeming thing. It is the redeeming thing, and Click doesn't have a redeeming thing I can think of. Like I can't. Have where's the Matt Smith dancing? <laughs> right. I'm glad yeah. I saw that Matt Smith dancing. See, I thought that was you know fun in a theater. Um, I, uh, but I haven't seen Click in a while. Maybe there are moments I laugh at in Click. The wrong is is it really more sinful? Then Morbius. Please take your time on this. You can edit this silence out. <laughs> Don't feel pressured. <laughs> I, either one. I really do I'm struggle okay with, with the weight of Morbin time. Like, I really do struggle with the weight of the cultural idea of what the Morbius movie is. It became this thing where, you know, um, boy, Morbius is the movie of all time, you know, or whatever, you know, the the memes were be, or it's yeah, Morbin it time. Was great. Or, when when you Hugh know. Hefner came in and said it's Morbin time. Like, right. You, this you is coming from, it's coming from who? So this is coming from two people who haven't had to watch Morbius like four times. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did send this and I didn't. Um, but I didn't send either of these. <sighs> I th- I think, Ian, the thing that's convinced me is your point about the idea that without the internet culture, this would just be a mediocre superhero movie. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's fair to ignore that or not, but I think if you remove that, it mm-hmm. it is just a movie that gets forgotten about. It is. I'm not, and I'm not saying it's not actively bad at times. It is actively bad at times. There's a reason the internet glommed onto it. But I think overall, I think Click is the more sinful movie. Um, 
I don't know if this is the the biggest upset the the audience will will think, but uh, but yeah, I think Morbius is out of this. I think Click is moving on to the next round. So wow, wow. Um, I did not think I'm okay I with that. Click I, mean... with, I voted Click with confidence, knowing that more Morbius would go through. <laughs> well, you were wrong. Uh -huh. You convinced me. I like. I, love I just. That. I. 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 There is something with the the internetness of it all that I feel mm -hmm. the need to defend my vote even more here. But I just. I don't know. That's where I landed on it as well. It's it's bland enough in its sins of poor execution mm -hmm. compared to Click for me. Click Does is it, more. But egregious. is it really more sinful than like some of the other movies we've talked about today? Like it's. I mean, it's. It's there are plenty of movies that we have let fall by the wayside because they're just you know uh, mm -hmm. media they they don't ascend to that next level of sinfulness and I just I don't think Morbius does I think it may it's it's over exaggerated by the internet thing um but uh, but yeah I was not expecting well, yeah, that today it, and it was a it did I mean I guess it did okay I mean it had a good opening weekend because there wasn't much else out but uh, you know it didn't do very well whereas. I cannot figure out why Click made so much money, but that was around that time, I guess, Adam Sandler, everything he made. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. Kicked it. That's what it is. Yeah. All right, we'll finish off with uh, another really difficult one, Predator 2 versus Matrix Resurrections. Oh, um, well, that is kind of this like is, a weird way. Uh, this is a 54 versus a, a, a 22 seed, 133 cents for Predator 2, 180 cents for Matrix Resurrections. Uh, Jonathan wrote on Predator 2, I wrote on Matrix Resurrections. Jonathan, uh, since I've just been talking a bunch, why don't you start us off with your thoughts and vote? I seriously thought I had read on either one of these. Um, no, I mean, I do remember it was Predator 2 because we talked about it already now. I just forgot for a second. Um, yeah, Predator 2 is not, not a very good movie. Um, it's got plenty of sins. Uh, tries to just, I don't know, turns a Predator movie into like a, a buddy cop movie. Uh, the Predator doesn't even feel all that threatening half the time. It's a... Uh, it's it's an odd movie. I, I remember one of my favorites. I don't think I brought this up last time, but one of my favorite things was that the drug dealers or whatever, the gangs, they just happen to hang their the people they killed exactly like the predator. Mm. Yeah, huh? Yeah. The gang, yeah. It's just like it's like they already knew about predators. <laughs> they were like, Yeah, yeah that was really cool. Well, we the heard predator these stories knew about, about the gang being hung somehow. Yeah. I love this concept though. Like I love the idea of not not the way it's executed. I love the idea of just dropping predators into different environments. Like I think mm -hmm. that's a, I think that's a great idea for the franchise if they, when they wanted to franchise it. Uh, I just don't think it really works here. Um, and you know I don't I don't know why they went away from that. Uh, although I guess in the Predator you get it back in like suburbs and stuff, and it that's quite a bit better than this one. Um, I'm sorry, what was this is going up against Matrix Resurrections? Mm -hmm. Matrix Resurrections, God. I mean, Matrix Resurrections has so many sins, but I think I'm going to go with Predator 2. I would watch Predator 2 again before I would watch Matrix, but I think I'm going to go with Predator 2. All right, Jonathan votes for Predator 2. Um, I guess it's my turn since I read on Matrix Resurrections. Uh, question for either of you. Uh, has Predator 2 ever been accused of being made badly on purpose? <laughs> no. No. All right, but... my vote is for Matrix Resurrections. Uh, <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. This comes into, and you've kind of proved my point for me, this comes into a very similar debate as Morbius versus Click for me. Mm -hmm. The internet destroyed the Matrix Resurrections, but at least we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. And Dude, there's a lot of people that love it though. There's fans. For me, it didn't. It's not what I wanted from a Matrix movie. I get the direction though. I I also get the missed opportunity. I 
I, I think it's almost insulting to not put Predator 2 through. Um, Predator <laughs> 2 is a heinous movie it's so and I, bad. I say this i it's say this so with, bad i say this coming from afar and let people love what they love predator 2 is terrible aaron it's a terrible piece of movie making resurrections is going for something i think it looks great nobody wants to be in it but i could say the same for predator 2 because they're all wet and I don't think anybody ever wants to be that wet, wet while they're filming a movie. <laughs> they all look so wet and the, just the sweaty. most wet people since Waterworld. Yeah, it's insane. And I'm just Danny Glover is just like making such interesting choices in this this movie. Um, oh, I love him. I love his performance. It's kind of like Nicolas Cage in Vampire's Kiss for me. It's just it's yeah. so, it doesn't like really fit within the movie, and so it's it, really it really doesn't. The difference is I don't understand what happened to him, other than he has a high aggression factor. Yeah, yeah, forty five percent more than most uh -huh. people apparently. Um, but it doesn't. Pre I mean, my favorite moment of the movie is right at the end when he gets faced with all of the predators. They all just like decloak, and he's just like. Who's next? Come on, bring it, my friend. I was like, yeah, you're next movie's fine. But it's it's terrible. Matrix Resurrections. I know this is going to be a, probably a bigger upset, but it's Predator Two. It is the more sinful movie. Well, that's a huge upset. I don't think that's an upset. I don't think that's an upset at all. I think that's that's no? where, the way I expected it to go. Um, okay. And because it is, a, I mean, it is widely regarded uh, as a terrible movie. And Jonathan's right. Which, there are people else? who like Matrix Resurrections. So yeah. Which Wachowski sister was it? Lana that directed. I think it was Lana. I believe it was Lana. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was like I mean, watching that movie, I felt like WB had probably been bugging her for a while to come back and do a Matrix movie, and she finally relented, and they gave her like eighty million, and then she just basically directed a "fuck you" to Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> so like, That's that is that is one of the theories. I hope um, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely what it feels like. I've never watched it. it. That is a movie I might revisit at some point, just because I'm curious how it'll play, like you know, two years later. But I don't know. It was I did not have a good time with it first time i watched it you'll be back uh I didn't all like right that was the first time either though and i liked it the second time so you know yes there you go um all right so that brings us to the end of round three we are down to the sweet 16 there are 16 movies left we will go from 16 down to the most sinful movie we send in 2022 on the next episode here are your round of 16 matchups yeah uh, for love and thunder versus bad mom's christmas Eternals versus Moonfall. No! <laughs> Jeepers Creepers versus 51st Dates. Grease versus Ghostbusters Afterlife. The Lost City versus Don't Breathe 2. The Bad Guys versus Punisher Warzone. Paul Blart Mall Cop versus Uncharted. And Click versus Predator <laughs> 2. That's uh, what we're dealing with. This is why Purdue was going to make it, but they, I guess they got knocked out. So <laughs> yeah, Purdue was, they were the out the first done. round. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Ian's well, like, what are you guys talking about? Huh? <laughs> Sports. That's going to do it for Behind the Scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter at BTS. So for Jonathan Watkins, Ian Whittington, a burger marketed as spaghetti, and myself, <laughs> we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. 
hey, Jonathan, I have, I have information for you that will either blow your mind or in true Jonathan fashion, uh, you'll just say, oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so did you know that what I'm wearing right now, this <sighs> shirt, Jonathan, this shirt that I'm wearing right now, mm-hmm. you, you see it with the collar and the, yeah. this is a t-shirt. <laughs> that yeah, look from really Jonathan look like says one. it all. <laughs> No, I was trying to see it closer. I don't have good eyesight. No, it doesn't look like one. That's interesting. So what's it made of? So it just uh, it's, it's not a t-shirt. It's a polo no, it, or a pullover it, it, it is a or whatever. Though, isn't it? So no, it's not. So here's the thing. Ian, I guess oh, in I England, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say in all of England, because Ian is the only English person I have reference from. So correct mm-hmm. me on discord. If, if Ian is wrong, even in England, oh, this is gonna uh, happen. apparently in England, there are two types of shirts, and actually there aren't two types of shirts. There's only one type of shirt. A huh. shirt is any button-up collared shirt, right? So That's if you a say shirt. shirt, it's like formal. It's like a, a shirt. It has buttons top to bottom. Okay. It everything can be long sleeve and short sleeve. Everything else is a t-shirt. Yeah. So what we would call so, a polo or I'll whatever a collared oh. shirt is uh, is a t-shirt. So what is it? So like a so a shirt would include that would just be like something you button up. Yeah, yes. shirt like would a, be like something you wear with a suit or something. Yeah, the like connotation a, would be formal or like business casual. Like, but it is a buttons on a polo. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I top to bottom, bottom. Okay. So top to you have to button it up all the way. It's interesting. And we still say polo shirt. And we have the different yeah, descriptors, but everything is a t-shirt. Like what Aaron is I wearing now say. is a t-shirt and it is not any kind of formal. No. So I wouldn't say this is formal wear. I would say it's no. a step up from a t-shirt. Like if you're going to it, like it, a concert or something, like you no, throw on a collared shirt. That's just as casual as a t-shirt. Just okay. So that's, this is, it? I'm telling you, this is, this is maybe the most mind blowing thing I've learned about the English language in, in the UK. If I was wearing a t-shirt that said, my dick's bigger than yours, mm-hmm. it would be the same thing as what Aaron's wearing. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm just saying, I mean, t-shirts have shit on them, you know, like you can have a, like a okay. Top Gun t-shirt. Hey, that's a bit, but that's not, that isn't anything to do with the design though. Like the design of his is more formal than a, my dick is bigger than your shirt. Yeah. But that's not because of the design. You that's mean because t-shirt, of the content. not shirt. A shirt is buttoned up uh, from top to, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Just Thank making you. sure we yeah. understand our, our lingo here. I would say <laughs> that a collar, if you have a collar on your t-shirt, shirt, by the way. then there's like maybe 5% more formal than a regular t-shirt. Oh, there is a difference then. there Because you've been saying this whole time, there's no difference. If I have to be nailed down, maybe okay. there is a fight. But I would like, still be mad at someone for turning up to a... It's not business casual. It's not. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> it's just not. I would I would wear a polo to like a funeral. I would never wear a t-shirt. Yeah. Agreed. I, See, I thank you, Jonathan. wearing a polo to a funeral. That's insane. <laughs> Did you I'm not like saying, the person? <laughs> this is amazing. I, I'm telling you, this blows my mind. Because if you work in the states and they say business casual, that means like polo shirt. Yes, no, it, it does. Maybe it does I believe you. I believe you. But from I don't know. Maybe that's a weather thing because over here it's warmer, and you're like, man, we're not going to be assholes and make them wear button-up shirts. But in England, I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't, I maybe I'm off base, but a polo shirt isn't business business casual to me. It's like, I don't give a shit anywhere casual. where I had to like. I've never worked anywhere I had to wear a suit or anything. It was always business casual, so I'd really. You could even wear jeans sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
I'm happy to be blown away. Does. I'm happy to be it's proven like, wrong. Yeah, this isn't, and and this isn't a, a like. It, I'm it not can saying come you're off, wrong. I mean, right? Exactly. English people dress better. It's fine. <laughs> no, I just mean I'm even happy within England to be wrong. Maybe this is just yeah. Ian's worldview that's messed up, no, and everyone's going to come out or like Lolly, and everyone will say, "No, you're you're a dick, Ian." <laughs> of course, polo shirts are business casual. <laughs> The most mind-blowing part for me, I think, uh, as I've pondered this, because this, this conversation has been going on a week now, uh, <laughs> the, the most mind-blowing thing for, for me uh, about any of this is that shirt is not a category in England, it's an actual item of clothing. Yeah. So like for us, there are all mm. different kinds of shirts, right? Just mm -hmm. like there are all different kinds of pants, you know, mm -hmm. like khakis or jeans yeah. or shorts or whatever. Like, you know, pants can mean a bunch of, and shirts can also mean a bunch of different things. Hats can also mean a bunch of different mm -hmm. things. So it's like hat, shirt, pants, socks, shoes. If but you, to you, a shirt is a specific item of clothing. If you say throw a shirt on, uh -huh. it will be a button-up shirt That's with a amazing. collar, crisp, throw a shirt on. Because here, if you say throw a shirt on, it means you're not wearing anything up top. Please well, this put, is, this please cover happened. the top of your body. <laughs> because you were like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put a. I think you said I'm gonna put a button-up shirt or a pullover on. I pullover, uh, yeah. And I'm like, it's not that warm. You don't need a pullover. <laughs> because for me, a pullover is a jumper, a sweater. Right. Right. Yeah. And then you come out with this, and I'm like, this is a formal graduation, right? Like well, this is this must be what it's like for a culture that has a thousand words for snow when we're like, it's snowing, and they're like, What do you mean it's <laughs> what snowing? Do you mean it's snowing. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would I would say to a funeral, I probably would wear a shirt and tie, but I don't know. Like I've been to weddings and they've all they've like weddings in the summer, especially, they'll even say that, like just you know, they don't yeah. like you don't have to wear like a suit that's gonna, you know, make yeah. you sweat to death. Cook you. Well what's funny is I text Aaron to say, is this event formal? How should I dress? And he said, It's not formal at all. And I was like, Okay, cool. But I still put on a nice t shirt, a nice pair of jeans. Um and then I get over there and I'm just like, oh, it was really not formal <laughs> because oh my God. the polo shirt with the the South, on it is apparently formal. I mean, you'll see people show up to weddings like in shorts and it's crazy, man. The South is just different. I love it. I, I, I think there's some pretense hat. to that. I, I do think there is a there. It is a that is a cultural difference I've understood about England and America is there's a little bit more. I'm going to use a negative connotation phrase, and I don't mean to, but there's an uptightness. There's a more like stiff upper lip. There's a more like uh, yeah, I think that's fair. buttoned up. I think everybody's perfect really word, cold. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's it always as well. been my thing. But and, and we're super cash. We're super yeah. cash. So we have to have levels of our casualness because we're super cash. Not enough for you to make cash a thing. <laughs> David Mitchell has a great little rant about um, dressing formally. Um, it's it's on YouTube if you search for David Mitchell's soapbox. And he gets really, really annoyed by this because he said, when I would go to award shows or whatever, it's very, very simple. The men wear a white shirt with a bow tie. Very, very simple. But now there's variations and there are like black ties. There's no tie. And it's just a very English thing. We want very defined rules. So if you say a shirt, we know exactly what is meant by that. There is no confusion, and it is it is formal. We have like formal, uh, uh, what uh, what is it? Well, what's the what, what do you call it? Semi formal, smart, no. smart casual. That's what we say. Smart casual, and then casual, and then smart casual would be like maybe that same shirt but with jeans instead of blank trousers. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, you said tennis shoes earlier. It's only on this trip that I realized tennis shoes don't mean tennis shoes. Because I was like, man, you're, you're playing <laughs> you mean, like shoes that you play tennis. I've never watched play tennis. 
But tennis I, yeah, shoes I don't know just... where that term came from. Athletic I, I shoes. Tennis. <laughs> what would you say in England then? Athletic shoes. Trainers. Trainers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which Trainers. is good. That's yeah. That's a good way to say athletic shoes. I like that. Not Trainers is, I think, a better word. I like athletic. that. Throw, throw in some trainers. Um, and that'll be your average walking around shoes. They don't even, right. you don't, we use it in the same way. You don't have to be playing tennis or using or playing sports. They're just comfortable shoes that you throw sure. on. But do you yeah. make a distinction like uh, I have some running trainers or do you call them running shoes? I'll call them running shoes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and that they, that is specific here too. Like if you look in a catalog or something, I mean, if you look like in a New Balance catalog or go online, I don't know why I said catalog. Like anybody fucking looks at a catalog anymore. <laughs> Catalogs used to be a big thing, man. When I was a kid, we'd get the, the was it the Sears? I think it was the Sears. And you'd like circle the toys you wanted for Christmas yes. or the video games or whatever. The equivalent nice. in England in England was the Argos catalog. So we have a brand, nice. a chain called Argos. And their business model is really interesting. So they were like one step ahead of the time and then immediately a thousand steps behind. So you would mm -hmm. go into their store and very little would be on display. Everything was in a catalog. So they had these stands yeah. all the way around the place. You'd look through the catalog, take down the item number, take it to the cashier, and then they'd bring you all of the items. So no shoplifting, no nothing, no try before you buy, just the catalog and that's it. Mm. And whenever that new Argos catalog came out, it, the, the Christmas Argos catalog would come along and you would circle everything and get none of it. <laughs> and then when the shift came to like the internet and stuff, Argos was like, well, we were kind of doing this, but with books. And now the internet's here and everyone just has no physical stores. Well, shit. <laughs> and they're they're not they're around a little bit, but they're like buried in in grocery stores now as like little attachments rather than their own shops. It's yeah, interesting. I think here, like the Amazon wish list has kind of become that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, here. So Argos did it first. It's interesting, uh, Jonathan. You were like, yeah, we used to get the Sears catalog and turn directly to the in as the sexually repressed, uh, you know, uh, household that I grew up in. The section wasn't the toy section uh, that I immediately <laughs> turned to in the Sears catalog. Uh, uh -huh, it was the ladies' uh -huh. undergarment section. That too. <laughs> yeah. I just can you imagine living in that world where it's like you know it's so repressed there you never see any skin or bodies like anywhere and it's like oh my goodness i can see what a female body looks like under the clothing like <laughs> <laughs> well and that but that's also like an accessibility thing that's not just repression because right like even i know you're many 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 years older than me but even <laughs> when i was that age we didn't have access to it so everyone in england will know about the sun and how on page three of page, the sun, even i know about page three you know about page three <laughs> until about i mean it they don't do it anymore and they haven't for like a decade but there was a naked lady like playboy sports illustrated something like that on page three uh -huh. so my granddad was the only person in the family that read the sun so i went when we would like go over to his house there would be like a stack of the sun newspapers and i was just like oh hey granddad do you want me to throw those out for you, you to... <laughs> the only chore that i volunteered to do so like the journey from the living room to the recycling bin we just want quick get to page three on all of these newspapers as quick as i can did you ever have the thought i don't have to throw these away i could hide them no, somewhere because like... i was such a i never hid anything yeah, i was such me a too. good boy yeah. i just it, the embarrassment of being found out with a stash of like cut out page threes was too much. Yeah, so none of us, none of us kind of went through adolescence in the internet age, right? Like, you know, there's, no. yeah, it's, no. it's so different. So, so different. I, it's I wild. took the first, 
I was in the first typing class at my um, at my high school that was actually done on computers and not typewriters. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was ninety two or three. We did have like when I was in middle school, we did have computers on campus, but it was all like DOS, right? So we were like, like I remember we learned one day how to create a Wheel of Fortune game on a on DOS. Nice. You remember DOS, don't yeah. you, Aaron? Oh, indeed, I do. And then we had like in the library a computer we could play Oregon Trail. Mm -hmm. where in the world is carbon san diego stuff like that so yeah and in right around our time we're we're similar ages right around our time was yeah, like yeah. uh wolfenstein was like one of the first yes you know big shooters that came out and and then what was that like role-playing game was it called zork do you know what i'm talking oh, about the z i think yeah it was something like that yeah. i think you just and you mostly just typed in stuff mm -hmm. like it wasn't yeah. oh yeah, yeah. oh zork. yeah text-based adventure games were everything like it was so much fun and it was just it was wild yeah ah uh, yes old men yeah, talking sword. about the good old days 1977 is when it was created the good old days of oregon trail and the sears catalog lingerie <laughs> section <It fo> <laughs> <laughs> we watched a little bit of eurovision or whatever by the way oh yeah mm. what'd you think it was it was different it's, it's so terrible. different but it's so but wild I've had that song for Malta stuck in my head though. Oh, which one was that? Four hours. Now. It's a. It's it's called dance, and it's like the guy was playing the sax. <laughs> it was <laughs> that wild. sounds like it every was like Eurovision a song ever. Or something. Oh, huh? that must have been in the that must have been the semifinals or something. I only semifinals, watched the finals. Yeah, that's what I, I only with. watched the finals. So uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't think I've I've seen that one, but but man, I thought Finland was going to take it like they won the audience vote so huge and uh and it was a lot closer uh than it's i crazy. thought it was gonna be and, but. and that's been going on since like the 50s 56 man 56 mm -hmm. I so bad. okay we we don't need to do a podcast today let's talk about eurovision i so bad want to no they they tried to do this with like the 50 states like an american version of eurovision where each state sent a song and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff yeah last year i think uh, kelly clarkson oh. and snoop dogg hosted uh, oh, and it was never going to work you know why it's never going to work because everyone's going to vote for their own state <laughs> <laughs> well i think they probably disallowed that like they do in eurovision <laughs> but it's never going to work because there's no foundation to it there's no history to it there's no like you know it, this is a grassroots thing that is built over the years to become this huge event mm -hmm. i knew immediately when i heard we were we were going to do this it would just be like we'd turn it into some lame reality show and you know what eurovision isn't a lame reality show it's an actual yeah. giant competition like england tried we tried to turn it into a reality <laughs> show because we would let the public pick who was uh -huh. going to be our person that we put oh, forward oh like the prelim and things and yeah. yeah made a multi-round thing and congratulations and then that person came last <laughs> it's like congratulations your prize is you lose and so it just it didn't happen again yeah no it's i i think i would love for america to be involved and by the way we'd lose every year america oh, would lose every year I, like, I can't wait for you to join so that there's somebody beneath england <laughs> yeah, but i would love no it anyway i yeah but i would love it anyway because like and you know what i would really love if they decided to go worldwide and invite like america is the asian entries some of those those asian countries yeah, entries like would be really be cool great. well um, in some years australia gets to join so they do make exceptions well i think australia's been in for 10 years so oh, yeah, I, that might be right. 
Yeah. So I think about 10 years ago, they let Australia in. Mm -hmm. And so there is precedent for, you know, going outside of Europe. But um, it's yeah, I would love for it to become worldwide. I would love for it to become the World vote. Cup of singing, you know? Yeah. If we can't vote for our own country, though, yeah, you're right. We'd lose because oh, of course, other countries hate us. It's like, <laughs> well, why, maybe, like, maybe we'd have an alliance with England. <laughs> we'd get some we votes from England, and we'd give England some votes. It's like I think the only person, <laughs> the only country that gives us twelve points is Malta, and I think that's because there are there's ninety percent English. I'm just making that up, but there are so many English people over there. It may as well be just little England. Jonathan, you would watch Eurovision and think, you know what, I could do that with some of these bands. No, with some of the I acts, mean, no, yeah. I couldn't. There's no way. No, I you, couldn't. You, I mean, I'm, I'm telling not. you, you could. <laughs> Whatever your skill level is, you could. I. What blew me away the most was the production value. That was one of the most oh, yeah. well-produced events mm -hmm. I've ever seen on television. Uh, the way they roll through each song is incredibly impressive. One of the mm -hmm. things that doesn't make it a lame reality show is it doesn't have all of the stay tuned after the break. Like there's not yeah. like this need to like cloy at the advertise. Like it's literally, we all know what we're here to do. Let's do it. You know, well, what's interesting is because it's every single country, who's going to advertise because you can't do local advertising. It's just <laughs> got to be this broad thing. They're like, hey, uh, Mercedes is a brand. And they're like, yeah, we know. Back to the singing. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.